Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. your Bibles. Now is the time to go ahead and take them out. If you will open your Bibles to the book of Romans again. I know we were in Romans a few weeks ago and uh, we're going to be there again today. And so I want to encourage you to open them right now to Romans chapter 7. And we're going to begin reading at verse 14 here in just a moment. I'm so grateful. So many of you um, last week, the Holy Spirit kind of took us off on a different path than I was planning to start with or, or to preach from. And so many of you emailed and said you needed specifically to hear that message too. And so I'm so grateful. It was talking about what do tired people need. They need good news and hope for a faithful future. And so many of you reached out to say thank you. I found out why I was tired. Wednesday I was diagnosed with strep throat. So uh, maybe that had a little bit to do with it. So uh, I should be uh, healthy now. I've been on antibiotics for uh, three or four days. And uh, hopefully it will take care of everything. But I'm excited for today. We're going to begin at Romans chapter 7. We're going to begin at verse 14. But we're in the series. We're wrapping up this series, Therefore. And we're letting this, this passage or this saying from one of my professors uh, kind of lead and guide us. That whenever you see a therefore in Scripture, it's, you need to find out what the therefore is there for. Because what has happened is usually there's been an argument that's been building. There have, there have been ideas and examples that are leading up to the moment when the author, in this case Paul, writes, Therefore, based on all that has come before, based on all these examples, based on all of what we've seen, therefore, these things can happen. Or this is true. Or he just leads us in there. So always, whenever you're reading the Bible and you see a therefore, let it trigger in your mind, Ooh, I should see what the therefore is therefore and you want to read a little bit before and then read right after it so you can see what that therefore is therefore so today one of the incredible passages and i'm excited for us to to dive into this is in romans chapter 7 verses 14 all the way through chapter 8 verse 4 and so let's hear the word of the lord this morning this is paul writing to a church in Rome. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law or the teaching is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. 
For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am! Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. And here's our word. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met In us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. This is the Word of God for the people of God here and online, and our response is, thanks be to God. How many of you, let me see if I can get this moving forward here. Can we move on to that next picture there? There we go. How many of you, parents... Have ever done this? Here to my teenager are the keys to the car. Anybody? How many of you have done it? How many of you have been worried? No, don't, don't raise your hand. You've given them the keys to the car. They have the training. They have the key. They have a vehicle that is working and operational and has, is full of fuel and ready to go. You've done that. Uh, What, though, would you do, imagine with me, if you handed off the key and you watched your teenager with the training and with access now to the functional vehicle that is fully fueled, you watch them walk over to the car and unlock it and open the door and put the window down And close the door, grab onto the steering wheel from outside the door, and start pushing. Just start pushing the vehicle down the road. My hunch is that if we saw that, most of us would wonder what was going on. Maybe scratch our head. And eventually, before they got to the end of the block, would call out to them, Hey! And we would walk down to the street, 
to the car, and we would invite them to get into the car with us. Maybe we'd have them sit in the driver's seat, and we would probably get into the passenger seat, and we would probably look at them and say, I just want to go over a few things with you. This is the key. Turns on the engine that brings fuel from the back of the vehicle up to the front. And there's a little pedal there that's for gas, which means the car will go. And there's a brake that will help the car stop. And there's a steering wheel that will help the car stay on the road. I'm not sure I'm understanding what you are doing. You were not given the keys to a fueled functional vehicle to continue using human power to get where you need to go. You were given a fueled vehicle to use the power of the fuel and the engine and the motor to get where you need to go. Are you sure you understand that? Now, I know this is fictional and this would probably never happen. However, the same is often true when it comes to those of us who call ourselves Christ followers or Christians when it comes to following Jesus into the life that he has called us to live. And I think that we need to hear today that we, you, weren't given the keys to new life in Christ to continue using human power to get where God is calling you. You were given keys to new life in Jesus to use the Holy Spirit's fuel to get where God is calling you. Today is Pentecost Sunday where we celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit that uh, was so beautifully read to us. That there is something here that, that God wants to do if you seem to not understand that it is not through your human power that you will live into the life God has called you, He wants to remind you that you have everything you need and He has provided it through the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to dive into this today and kind of use this silly little metaphor all the way through. But we need to see this. So how do I know if I'm living my Christian life like someone trying to push a fully fueled and functional vehicle? How do I know if I'm living my life by pushing the car? Well, the first thing is you feel like you need more saving. What do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is kind of what Paul does in his very vulnerable first part of our letter in chapter 7, where he uses phrases like, I feel like I'm still a slave to sin. He, he talks about and says that there were a lot of do's and don't do's in this passage, weren't there? I, I practiced reading this in front of the mirror. But he says, you know, I know what to do. I've I've read the teachings, I've heard them, and I want to do it. But I just don't do it. And, And then he says the opposite is also true. I know what not to do, and I don't want to do that. I know it's not good for me, it's not beneficial, and yet I still do it anyways. And he just gets down into a place where finally he cries out, Who will rescue me? It still feels like I need more saving from Jesus. Because I know the teaching. I know the life I'm called to. And yet, it still feels like I need rescue again and again and again. 
You will know that you are pushing the car. Let's go back one slide. If your life feels like this. Where when the ground is level, it's pretty easy to push. Might have to sweat a little bit, but you can get it going. When the ground is like this, hey, life is great. I am just I can even jump in the car and steer and just pretend. You know, it's just sailing through. But when the ground goes like this, you're out and you're pushing. And it sometimes feel like, feels like the car is going to roll over you if you're not careful. Is your spiritual life like this in your life of following Jesus where it feels like when things are just normal, everything's okay. When life is slanted in the right direction, everything is a-okay. We're going well. But whenever there's a challenge, it just feels like I'm the one pushing the vehicle, hoping that I'm not going to get run over and that I have the strength to do it. If so, it might be that you're living your life your spiritual life like you're trying to push the car. And it does feel like I need more saving. Second thing, if you, if you feel, if you want to know what is it like to push the Christian life through my own human power, is that you wind up living in a cycle of shame. Let me, let me talk just a little bit here. Paul, I think, does a beautiful job of illustrating all of these things. It's really shame has the message or someone who is constantly asking, what is wrong with me? Now, I want to compare and contrast this from guilt. Because in our day and age, we kind of use guilt and shame as synonyms. And they're very, very different. Guilt's message says to us, I have done something wrong. And really... Guilt hopefully gives you the internal fortitude to go and make something right. Shame says, I am something wrong, or I am bad. There's something wrong with me. And shame, that message of constantly believing that I am something bad, can create a cycle. Now, this cycle is not something that Pastor Jeff came up with. If you want to read more about it, you can in a book called The Cycle of Shame, a very catchy title, by Jim Bradshaw. But here's how it goes. You start with that shame message that's just constantly there, I'm bad. And what that happens then is I don't want to feel that, and so I search for something to help me forget that I'm bad. And then I use things to numb me out, whether that's a substance or an experience or a person, to numb me out so that I can forget that I'm bad. But however, those things that we use to try and forget that I'm bad have negative consequences that then reinforce the message that I'm bad. Sounds like a trap, doesn't it? You just keep going around and cycling around because then once it's reinforced that I'm bad, I'm right back at the beginning. And I just keep cycling and cycling and cycling through this series of shame. You can hear it in Paul when he cries out in exasperation, what a wretched man I am, which leads him like our first point today. Say, who will rescue me? I need more saving. 
This is tough. I, I wanted to look at that word wretched just really quick. Here's your Greek word for the week. Are you ready? The, the word for wretched is the word talaiporos. It's a little bit long to say, so let me say it one more time. Talaiporos. Let's say it together. Ready? One, two, three. Talaiporos. Let's say it one more time. Talaiporos. And one more time because we do things in three. Talaiporos. And talaiporos literally means to bear calluses. If you've ever worked with tools and worked with your hands, you know what calluses are. It's the friction against the tool or whatever you're doing. I used to have them on the ends of my fingertips from playing guitar because you you continually put your fingertips against the guitar strings and it creates friction and it creates a callus. And what is happening there is that constant shame begins to callous the heart. When we're constantly cycling through this over and over only to end up back again with I am bad, it begins to callous the heart. It begins to callous our ability to enter into good relationship with someone else because we don't want them to find Find out that I am bad. And so we just keep cycling through and cycling through, creating more calluses until we just feel like I have to just bear these calluses. And that feels wretched. And if you're in that cycle long enough and you know that God has called you to something more, it just begins to feel Like you need to cry out, wretched person that I am, who is going to rescue me? And you begin to realize that I need something for my up and down life. And I need something or someone to deal with the shame of my calloused heart. What will happen? Well, I'm happy to tell you today, and Paul answers this when he says, what you need is to enter in to Jesus' safety. Just like you as a parent, if you saw your kid trying to push a fueled and functional vehicle down the street, would go around and invite them into the vehicle, into the safe place, so they're not run over by a car that's coming the other way. And you're going to begin to teach them and show them you're going to create that safe place and invite them to hear once again the good news that there's a gas pedal and there's a key and there's fuel in the car and the motor works and you can get where you need to go much easier than this. Jesus has done that for us. And it's important that we don't skip this step of realizing that Jesus creates a safe place for those of you who are struggling, those of us who are struggling with up and down spiritual life and calloused hearts that are trapped in a cycle of shame. He invites you into this because what shamed people need is safety and hope. And so Paul says, here's our word, therefore, therefore, there is now, everybody say now. 
If you can underline in your Bible, I want you to underline the word now. Because it's not sometime off in the future. It is now. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who are in that safe place that He creates. No one in their right mind would call for help if they thought that in calling for help, they were going to be condemned or shamed further. So I need us to hear this today. I need you to hear this today. No matter who you are, when Jesus invites you, it is not to condemn you. Some days I wish the church would understand this more. That we are called into the sanctuary of God's safe place in Jesus that does not condemn us, but invites us in and begins to help us to re-understand the story. Shamed hearts need safe places, not condemnation. And Jesus invites us into that safe place. And Paul knew this and experienced this. And he wanted that church and he wants us to know that if you know the good thing to do, but just don't do it. If you know the thing you don't want to do, but you keep on doing it. If you are exhausted from trying to live the Christian life from your own human power. If your cycle of shame is keeping you stuck. Jesus wants you. Yes, you, even you and me, to enter into his safe place. And no condemnation means no condemnation. It is the safest place you could ever be, right in his arms. And there he will remind you of something. He will remind you, and this is our point number four, that His work is sufficient. Paul writes this right after he writes the good news about Jesus' safe place that He invites you into. He says that through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you, and that's a plural you, you know what it's going to be, Southern Paul, y'all, gives y'all life from the law of sin and death for what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh now i wish i could go back in a time machine and talk with paul about greek philosophy and how it really influences western culture and how that's kind of led to us thinking that flesh is bad and spirit is good and you're going to create a lot of confusion here paul can you just choose a different metaphor Paul is not saying that your skin is sinful. What he's saying is if your power source is in your human body, if you are only trying to live this out through your own human striving and power, that's not enough strength. You need the Spirit's power in order to to live as Christ is calling you. And good news, His work was enough. He did all that was necessary. He knew we could never get full life through our own human power. So He did what was necessary for you, for me, for us. Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. 
That's good news. Are you awake this morning? I know, I know it's Memorial Day weekend. You're looking forward to barbecues tomorrow. But wake up, folks. This is good news right here. And he did this because he loves you. He did this because he loves you. And he is faithful. He has his mind set on making sure that all of creation is redeemed and restored. And he is calling you. Yet he didn't stop right there. He has also given us a key. And we begin to see this. And it is the fuel of the Spirit. Paul writes in verse 4 at the end of our passage, in order that the righteous requirement is what your Bible says, but righteousness always deals with right relatedness. So I believe it is a good understanding to say, in order that the relational requirements of the law might be fully met in us. I want you to sit with that for just a second. Do you realize... That what Jesus has done is sufficient enough that to live the life He is calling you to can be done in you. Not someday in the future when you breathe your last hoping that you just believe that Jesus was the Son of God and all the things that we put in the creeds. Then, then I'll be right related with God. No, it is now. It is here in You, the relational requirement of the law has been given through Jesus. Now, it can't be done by your human power, but he has given the spirit and the spirit has given you the fuel to move where he is calling you to go. What this means for you folks, hear this this morning. You no longer have to be a slave to sin. You no longer have to be a slave to sin. Your life no longer has to be up and down, pushing the car from outside the vehicle, just hoping you can reach the goal. The shame cycle, my friends, can be broken. There is a fully functional vehicle with gasoline in it. There is a gas pedal that when the hills of life come, you can give it a little more gas and ask for a little more of the Spirit to come, and that will happen and will help you move that vehicle up that hill. And when life is pointed down too steeply, you have a brake pedal. And again, you pray and the Holy Spirit will use that to break your life and keep you on the road all the way home. What he has done is sufficient. He has given you everything you need. There is a vehicle. It is fully fueled with the Holy Spirit. You have the key in your hand. The question is, will you turn it? Or are you just going to keep pushing the car from outside the vehicle? You can turn the key today. The big term that this is called is another word that begins with S. Sanctification. That you can take the key of the car that is being given to you 
and you can turn it on and know that Jesus is with you, creates a safe space, breaks the cycle of shame, teaches you that his work is sufficient and has fueled your life with the Spirit's power to where you can live and go where he is calling you to go. Will you turn the key today? That's the choice that's left up to you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I know it's a holiday weekend. And I know we're dying to get out to the wonderful weather. But folks, this kind of news and this kind of message can be for those who have never put their trust in Jesus but identify that their life is up and down and feel like I'm bad on the inside and I'm just stuck in a cycle of shame over and over and over again. And if that's you, I want you to know that Jesus has created a safe space for you. And you can come today and place your trust in Him. And He'll place the key in your hand. And He'll teach you how to live life. But I also know that there are some of us who have been following Jesus for a long time and yet it still feels like my life is up and down and like I'm bad and I I need more saving. I'm stuck in a cycle of shame. And now it feels worse because I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I just don't do it. Or I know what I'm not supposed to be doing and I keep doing it. So today, I want to give us an opportunity to respond to this. This good news, this message that I don't have to be a slave to sin, that the shame cycle can be broken, that that Jesus is going to place a key in my hand because His, His death and resurrection was sufficient to provide everything I need. And He even is going to give me the Holy Spirit that will fuel this spiritual journey in ways that I can't even imagine right now. So no matter which category you fall into, if you're ready to turn the key today, I'm going to invite you to come and kneel at an altar. And your simple prayer is, here I am, Jesus. I want to turn the key today. Here here I am. I I don't want to live the up and down life anymore. I don't want to be stuck in these cycles of shame. I want to, I want to give all this to you. I, I, want to, I want to see this car work to its full capacity. And I need you today. If that's you, you just come. One has come. Are there any others who want to respond to the good news today? Some are coming. You come with them. Come with them. Don't be embarrassed. This isn't everybody looking at your life and wondering what's going on. This is people looking and seeing there are some here who are wanting victory today. There are some here who are wanting to experience all that God has for them today. Is that you? If it is, you come. It doesn't matter how long you've been following Jesus. 
you need the reminder, if you need to turn the key, just come right now. Come right now. Some have come, and I'm going to invite some of our pastors, some of our prayer warriors to come and, and gather around those who are here. And just pray with them, pray alongside of them, support them. Is there anyone else who wants to come? If it's you, just come today. There's good news here. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. What an incredible moment on Pentecost Sunday that there are folks who are hungry for your Spirit to come. That they want to lean in fully to all you have for them for all that your death and resurrection provided, for all that your Spirit can fuel in their life as you are calling them forward, as moms, as dads, as men, as women, as students, as workers. And so I ask, Lord Jesus, in your name right now, that you would send the Holy Spirit to those who have come. May they just begin, just like we can hear the engine begin to roar in a car when we turn the key. May they sense that in their spirit right now in their hearts that you have provided everything they need. And that it doesn't matter, it doesn't mean that, that life isn't going to have its hills and valleys. But they can be confident that your spirit will fuel them over the hills and through the valleys. And they will always have that safe place with you. May they know that completely right now in this moment today. Father, help us to be a church like you. A church of no condemnation. And may we experience the fullness of your grace. That saves us, yes. That heals us, yes. That sanctifies us, yes. Fully and completely. For we pray and we ask all of these things in Jesus' great name. And everybody said, Amen. If there is someone online, you're watching online with someone and they are praying right now, would you just pray with them? Put a hand on their shoulder. Let them know you're there. And be ready to talk with them after. Folks, God is so good. He has provided everything we need. And I pray that you will go in that hope and assurance today. Would you stand and receive this blessing? And now, my brothers and sisters here and online, my friends, I pray that you would know in the core of who you are that God has provided all you need. That Jesus' life and death and resurrection is sufficient to get you where He calls you. And He has even provided the Holy Spirit's strength and power to help you live as He is calling you to live. I pray that you will go in that strength Go in that peace and go in that assurance, announcing it to those who are near and far. 
go in His name. Have a great rest of your weekend. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us online. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.